Welcome to In the Studio with Michael Card. We're excited to feature this classic edition of the program from sessions at the Mole End Studio in Franklin, Tennessee. What you'll hear now was recorded several years ago. Though some of the details about guests and ministries may have changed, the powerful lessons from the music and conversations are timeless. Our web and email address hasn't changed, but now you can connect via Facebook or Twitter when you search for Michael Card. We hope to hear your reactions to this classic edition of In the Studio. is in the studio with Michael Card. I'm Wayne Shepard, and now you have me nervous, Michael, because last time I did this, you were imitating me what? silently behind the scenes. What? And now you made me nervous about opening a program like what? this. So. <laughs> a veteran like I want yourself. people to know what the real Michael Card is. How like, many years so. have you been doing this, Lloyd? How many years have you been in radio? <laughs> I've lost. In radio? Well, probably pretty close to it. 40 know? years, and, and a person like me can <laughs> rattle you? You are absolutely right. <laughs> Come on, bud. <laughs> well... Regardless, welcome to In the Studio yeah. with Michael Carr. I'm not mocking you now. <laughs> I love you, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to have you sing here in a few moments. Soul Anchor is a song we're going to open well, with. Well, you can make fun of me while I sing. No, then we'll be I would even. never do that. Never do that. Nancy uh, Guthrie is coming back for her second visit with us. Nancy is the one who has delved into the book of Hebrews, yeah. like you did a few well, years ago. Well, much more deeply than I did and re- has really inter- interacted uh, with it in a, in, a, in a wonderful new book. So it's yes. going to be great to hear her. Hoping for something better is Nancy's book. We'll talk yeah. with her in just a moment after you sing. And then later in the second half of the program, real treat for you and I, a young man that we've both met separately in China. John Mark. Has now come to Franklin, Tennessee yes. for a visit, and he'll join us here in the studio. Yeah, he's going to share with us uh, w- one of the hymns that's very popular now oh, yeah. in the church uh, underground church one in the China. Canaan hymns. Yeah, so it's uh, going to be great to hear John Mark. And our friend Larry Warren of African Leadership will be with us later yet in the program mm. today. So All around the world. Full hour coming up here in the studio. It all begins with you singing right now, Soul Anchor. Hmm. Steve Mikesell joins you playing bass, and Paul Eckberg plays percussion on this. Ready? One, two, one. Though the wind is raging all around, and even though the waves may rise, there's a place of stillness in the storm. And you can find it if you will believe It's a soul anchor Hold on to the hope it is a soul anchor And hold on to your courage Before we call he answers us with hope We are so sure of what we're waiting for and certain of the things we do not see for we are told by one who cannot lie and in this hope is our security it's a soul anchor hold on to the hope it is a us with
on to your courage Before we call he answers us Before we call he answers us with hope I've always liked that song, Michael Solanker, and the whole CD that goes with it, a book of Hebrews, right? That's right, yeah. Uh, written for, for Bill Bill Lane right before he died. Hmm. Bill had the commentary on Hebrews. Yeah. Uh, Bill was your mentor. Yeah, that was his book. Well, last week we met Nancy Guthrie here in the studio, and Nancy's back again. So glad to Hello be with there. you. Thank you for coming back. Glad to be here. You've been camping out in Hebrews, too. I have. It's so rich. <laughs> we talked last week about... Uh, how, uh, how it was that God brought this book to your attention. And that program is archived on the website, by the mm-hmm. way, michaelcard.com. If you missed our first conversation with Nancy, but let's dig a little deeper here today. Well, last week you, you uh, told us in your own life you discovered that you'd settled for less, that you were so afraid that someone would ask you the question, you know, what is, what's God doing in your life? And you would maybe stuck for an answer. And so you ended up in the book of Hebrews, and I'm not going to put, just put words in your mouth. I'm repeating all the thing, great things you said last week. But <laughs> you, you ended up in Hebrews, and, and you, you started looking for what is the better thing that uh, Hebrews is, is telling me about. Is that fair? That is fair. Yeah. You know, Hebrews 11:40 says God had planned something better for us, mm-hmm. which he really capsulizes it. But throughout the book of Hebrews, you see the word better, 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 mm-hmm. and so as I studied Hebrews, there are lots of things that are better. The very beginning of Hebrews starts with saying, In the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so that very first better is there's something better than just reading the Old Testament and all the things that pointed to Jesus. Mm-hmm. There is this living word. Yeah, spoken. Yeah. <laughs> the person yeah. of Jesus and he's saying, I, I have spoken to you in a superior way now through mm-hmm. Jesus. And so he's calling those Jewish people to let go of their fixation on Moses mm-hmm. and therefore their fixation of the law and recognize there's someone who's speaking. There's a deliverer greater than Moses, mm-hmm. and that's Jesus. A high priest. And so the structure of the book from that point on is contrasting in the past days it was this and here's the better than as it's embodied in Christ well I just walk throughout the book and look at each chapter and say well well, what's better Uh and and for example in chapter 2 he talks about how Jesus has freed us from being slaves to the fear of death Hmm. and I would say there is something better than being gripped by a fear of death and Hmm. many people are yeah, fear of death is a broad thing. I mean, I, I think all, all our phobias, right, are based in that I fear of so death. I think so too. And I think I think this whole dietary uh, exercise, I, I'm it's not going to get older. It's all to keep thing. off death, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's a very broad. Uh, and if we can be freed from that, mm-hmm. wow, what a way to live! Wow, but you know? freed from that, but freed to what then? Freed to a, a freedom in Jesus, mm-hmm. knowing that He holds our ultimate destiny, mm-hmm. and that while we'll face physical death. We don't face eternal death. Mm-hmm. So we're free to grab onto that hope of eternal life through Jesus. Mm. Then as we move on, it, it talks a lot about the Israelites in the wilderness yeah. and how God had made this offer to them. He offered them rest. And instead, they succumbed to their fear mm-hmm. And they lived in disobedience because of unbelief. Hmm. And so God's offering us something better than wandering around in the wilderness of this world. He's offering us this rest. 
And like so many of the promises of God, and I see this all the way through Hebrews, there is a taste of it we get here. It's like we get a partial fulfillment of it here. Uh-huh. And then there's this eternal, complete fulfillment that we were experiencing in heaven. And the, I think the rest. Big Sabbath. That's right. Yeah, uh-huh. Rest is the perfect example of that because he yeah. invites us into rest. For me, he invited me into a rest from a sense of hypocrisy Mm -hmm. so that I could know him, draw near and fellowship with him. But what does that look like in the middle of, I mean, of of all the business? Because when you, when you first started saying that, it almost sounded to me like you were promising, oh, you're going to get it all now. But then Mm -mm. I I know you better than that. You, Mm -mm. you, you know, you, you, you clarified. So, so, but, so what does having that rest, holding on to that better rest now look like? Mm -hmm. And I'm asking this because I really want to (laughs) know. I really want this is Mike. Mike really needs to know this in the middle of the 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 accusations and the the attacks and the distractions. I mean, what does that what does that look like now? I know about the big one that's coming and I hope and I believe and I trust for that. But I'm having trouble seeing that now. Yeah. Well, I think there are several things here in Hebrews three and four that speak to that is um, that, first of all, we rest from trying to work our way to God Mm -hmm. like all these people were doing, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, we rest from expecting this world to satisfy us. I mean, that that is a tyranny. <laughs> mm. I mean, if we ex- expect to get to walk through this life without a sense of disappointment, if we expect to get all of our wants and needs met here and now, mm-hmm. we will always be disappointed. Yeah. Mm. But I think in a sense, when we recognize, we come to terms with, I won't get it all here and now. This is that a fallen there is world. a rest in that. Yeah, there yeah. is a rest in that, and that there is something being that's held out to me there that God has promised me. In a sense, mm-hmm. we can rest. I don't have to go for all the gusto I can get. So I'm not surprised when these things don't satisfy me. I let go of be. that. I let, <laughs> let go of that disappointment, or I think so. I yeah. think so. Okay. But I think the ultimate rest comes there at the end of chapter four, where it talks about the word of God being living and active. I mean, so many of us don't experience rest mm-hmm. because we have never done what it calls us to do when it says that we um, it says it penetrates to dividing the soul and spirit joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart, mm-hmm. because what we have done is we've put ourselves over the scripture. And we come at it and we pick at it. Mm-hmm. I want this. <laughs> we pick at what appeals to me. Salad bar. <laughs> or the promises that seem to line up with my prayer requests. Yeah. And instead, it's mm-hmm. calling us to put ourselves under it, mm-hmm. to make it our judge and allow it to cut deep. Well, it uses the picture of food. You know, we, we are satisfied with milk when we yes. need to be eating solid food. We need to be growing up yes, into definitely. that better way. And when we do that, I think we there's there's a rest in being exposed to God and having him cut deep because when he cuts us, we're afraid of that. But what he does, he cuts away mm-hmm. what is not beautiful to him, mm-hmm. <laughs> what is not acceptable to him. And that brings us great rest to have those parts of our lives cut away. Mm-hmm. Nancy Guthrie is here in the studio with Michael Card today talking about what actually has come out to be a book, Hoping for Something Better, is the title of the book, from Tyndale. And, Michael, the book is uh, coming out very soon. Now, actually, it's probably in stores at this very moment, just yeah. coming out. So go to your local bookstore and bother them <laughs> about this book. Yeah. If they don't have it, get them to order it. Nancy, we've been talking about Chapter 4 here for a few minutes. Uh, we've only got such a little time left. There's but so I, much more yeah, Hebrews. I know, Let's I know, go on. I know. Yeah. I wish we could do the whole book here. But just give us something else to think about yeah. here today. Well, the something better in, in Chapter 6 of Hebrews is there's something better than walking through life 
feeling a sense of not being sure <laughs> mm. if you're connected in a saving way to Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And he says there's something better than that. There's that you can have the confidence of knowing that you are connected to him, that he is holding on to you, and he will not let go to you of mm. you. Yeah. Can I just read the key verse, I think? Sure. And that's the last verse or two of Hebrews chapter 6. This confidence is like a strong and trustworthy mm. anchor for our souls. Mm. It leads us through the curtain of heaven into God's inner sanctuary. And Jesus has already gone there for us. He has become our eternal high priest in the line of Melchizedek. Mm. Mm. That takes us to another real key way that Hebrews talks about Jesus being better, that entering into his sanctuary. You know, all these these Jewish people, they had never known what it was like to approach God. Sure. <laughs> and that's what they were wanting to hold on to with the temple. And he's saying, you don't have to settle for that. And mm-hmm. we don't have to settle for that today. We don't have to settle for holding on to God from a distance. Yeah, for settling for a high priest who goes in there for us once a yes. year over and over and over again, yes. right? Yes. In Hebrews, he's, he invites yeah. us to draw near. In chapter 10, mm. he says, draw near with confidence. Draw near with a sense of boldness, mm-hmm. knowing that we're accepted, not because you and I are good enough, because we're not. Mm-hmm. We're accepted because we hide ourselves in Jesus. Mm. But what a better way of mm. knowing God Hebrews offers this sense of drawing near to God. Isn't Mm. that what we want? Mm. I mean, who of us wants to just go through life with a sense of religion Mm -hmm. or some vague sense of who God is? I mean, what we really want is to know him and be close to him. And Hebrew says, come on in. Wow. You're accepted Mm. because of the blood of Christ. A new and living way. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, give us one more. What about heaven? Mm, Well, you know, I love Hebrews chapter 11. Who doesn't love that? Which, um, you know, begins with a definition of faith. It says, now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. And when I read that, and then you go on and you read about all of these people who lived by faith, it just brought the question to me. So if faith is being sure of what we hope for, what were these people hoping Hoping for? for. Hmm. And so in the book, I just walk through what these various people, Abel, Enoch, uh, Moses, all these people by faith, what they, were they looking for? And of course, you mentioned Abraham. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, Abraham is, he's mentioned several times in here. There were several things he was hoping for. Mm-hmm. He was hoping for God's promise to be fulfilled mm-hmm. of that son who would um, be, at, to have his descendants as many of the stars. Mm-hmm. But what stands out to me the most is it talks about how Abraham was longing for a country. Hmm. Hmm. But it wasn't the country of Canaan. It says in verse 15, if they'd been thinking about the country they had left, they would have had opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, Hmm. a heavenly one. And therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he's prepared a city for them. And So in a sense here, the writer of Hebrews Hmm. is pointing to all these people who think their whole life is about being in the promised land of Canaan. Yeah, so don't don't think that their arrival in the promised land was the end of that promise. It was just a shadow like all the other shadows. And I think the other thing that's good for us to read about that is to realize that, Hmm. you know, that it says here in Hebrews that all of these people were commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised. Yeah. So they all lived perhaps with a sense of disappointment mm-hmm. that they didn't get what was promised. Mm. And so we have to ask ourselves, what was it that what was, was promised? Yeah. Mm. All of them lived their whole lives with 
trusting in the promise of God that he was going to send a savior mm-hmm. who would take care of their sin problem and make it possible for them to enter into God's presence because of that. So that promise, to them it was vague. They looked forward to it in faith. In the same way, we look back to it in faith. Mm-hmm. When we look back at, at Jesus and what he did for us on the cross, we look back in faith. And we're so, we're so much more fortunate than they that it's yeah. so much clearer. And certainly there's a lot of mystery to it still for mm-hmm. a lot of us. But what a gift. What, it's something better. Mm-hmm. that we have as believers now to know that that promise was fulfilled in Jesus and yet it will be completely fulfilled when we are with him and so how tragic it is then to settle for the less when oh, the yes. clarity that we can have in in terms of understanding his life and the promises and and i think many of us are believers still settle for less because we allow this world and our experience in it to diminish jesus mm-hmm. <laughs> We listen to this world say that Jesus is an option, but he's not really necessary. He's not essential, and he's not God. I mean, he was a good teacher. Mm-hmm. He said a lot of good things. So follow Jesus' teachings, yeah. Yeah. but don't grab, don't put all your hopes in him. Yeah. The, the call to heaven was so strong for them that they considered themselves foreigner and nomads. And, yes. and that's how we need to consider ourselves, mm-hmm. is nothing more than a nomad here waiting for that better yeah, place to come. Yeah, it says that Abraham... And his, both of his sons lived in tents. Yeah. I mean, what would it yeah. be like to God to give you a land and you go there and you're never a citizen. Wow. You never speak the language and you live in tents. But mm. that's what we are here on earth mm. until we are in heaven. Rich insight, Nancy. Thank you. Thank you for coming into the studio with oh, thank us. Thank you for having and, me. And Michael, I'm delighted to say that Nancy's book, Hoping for Something Better, is soon to be out. And, and our listeners can get a copy and read these insights for themselves. As we conclude our conversation about Hebrews, we're going to ask Michael to sing a song. Actually, Michael, how, what's the tie here? Pilgrims to the City of God. Well, it's what we've been talking about. This song comes from Hebrews, the fact that we are strangers in a strange land, but uh, that you know we have the promise of, of thousands of angels and this glorious scene of actually mm-hmm. entering into the presence it's of God. Great today. conclusion to our mm-hmm. conversation just now with Nancy. All right, Pilgrims to the City of God, Michael Card on guitar, Steve Mikesell bass, Paul Eckberg plays percussion. What we hopefully look for 
on sight We are pilgrims to the city of God Pilgrims to the city of God Behold you have come to Mount Zion To the city of the great King To thousands and thousands of angels who come Assemble to joyfully Studio Pilgrims to the City of God, Michael Card. A few moments to read some emails that come to our program each week at in the studio at michaelcard.com. This one says, Dear Michael and Wayne, I just wanted to extend a word of thanks to you guys for your show. I really enjoy it, and it does my soul good. Hmm. I'm a Canadian living in Germany. That's a long, wow. hard, rocky road, but that's another story. This person says, John writes this, What I really enjoy about your show is the emphasis on God's Word. God's Word, like God himself, is utterly wonderful. We don't have to doctor it up. It sells and vindicates itself. Mm -hmm. What I love about your ministry is a simple unearthing of the great gems in Scripture, just bringing the truth out into the light and turning it around that it might reflect light from every angle. Hmm. And uh, that's that's a good way to put that. Well, that was an image that actually Bill Lane used a lot. Is it? About the diamond and how it reflects light in all different images. So, yeah, that's and that is true. God's Word is just that way. You don't have to, You don't have to dress it up. Just read it. John also says the strange thing about God's Word is that the more one hears it, the more one longs for it. Mm. And the less one hears it and meditates its truths, the less one wants to hear wow, it. Wow, that's true. I never yeah. thought of that. So, John, thanks for your note yeah. to us in the studio at michaelcard.com. Let me turn the page here. This comes from Sean, who says, It's very interesting listening to your radio show, the one where the subject was our link to Christians in other countries like China. It's troublesome that we in America still have our freedom to worship God in a church building for all to see, unafraid of being put in prison or put to death for our faith, while at the same time untold Christians have to deal with these tribulations all over the world. Well, we're going to talk about China coming up in yeah. the second half of our program today, as a matter of fact. And have the privilege of uh, hearing uh, a brother who, who knows an awful lot about what's going on in China. Mm -hmm. And here's a note from Julie, who says, My husband and I are church planters in northern Minnesota, have been listening to the truth and passion of Michael Card's music and teaching for 20-plus years. Though we've not had the privilege of walking beside him personally, as he did with Bill Lane, hmm. we have been no less touched by his ministry to Aww, us. So I wanted to share that one, because I know your regard for Bill and his input into your life, and I know that you're having that impact on listeners. Well, too. and that, I mean, through what you and I are doing together, Bill is having Bill is having an impact. And, mm -hmm. of course, the big thing is, obviously, the Lord is doing his thing. That's right. So that's what it's all about. And one Thank more, you. Camille in Alabama. I just want you to know how last night's show, as she writes, touched me. How precious to hear men pray in their native tongue. Now, she's talking about the time we had the Empty Hands mm -hmm. Fellowship in here for prayer. 
Scott Rowley and Denny Denson and Bill Bill, Miller. Yep. And David Green was here. He prayed in Spanish. Yep. This listener says, I was on a mission in Pakistan several times in the 80s and 90s and praying with Christian friends whose language I understood very little of, Mm -hmm. but because of God's spirit, it was so alive that we were all in one accord. And I thought of that time when I heard all of you praying. It's an amazing thing to be with brothers that are praying in a different language and Mm. feel one with them. Again, the email address is in the studio at michaelcard.com. Something else to mention is rbc.net. We're so grateful now that RBC Ministries in Grand Rapids, Michigan, is a part of our program. Yep, uh, and I, I want to amen that, that they've come alongside us and uh, supporting the program and actually working to, to get it out to even more stations. Uh, that's uh, deeply appreciated. So if this, if this program is helpful to you, then... Uh, let the folks at RBC know and, and go to their website and, and, and see all the other ministry opportunities that they're offering. You may be making the connection in your mind already, but they are the publishers, among other things, of Our Daily Bread. That's right. Which has millions of copies distributed around the world. Right. And a TV program, Day of Discovery. Day of Discovery. And all kinds of other uh, areas of ministry. You have to go to the website to see the Christian courses online. And it's, it's, it really is amazing. Answers to tough questions are there. So mm-hmm. rbc.net. All right, in our final minute now, let's talk about what's to come. You were in China about a year ago, as I recall, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. I was just there last month as we sit and talk today, so it's fresh on my mind. What was your impression of the house church that you visited? Well, it's, it's, it's just the feeling of, at last, here's the gospel. At la- oh, this is what it looks like. Mm-hmm. You know, unadorned, this is just what the gospel looks like. Yeah. And it changes your your life. Not that we don't get glimpses of it here in America too, but it's it's a, it's a different experience. I mean, as you mm-hmm. uh, think probably had yeah, too, we right? we took uh, one sojourn, I'll call it, out uh-huh. into the countryside to go to a secret meeting of a house church. And we walked in late at night, and 120 church planners and evangelists, many of whom were, they had to be under 20 years of age, some as young as sure. 16, I would sure. imagine. And I began to cry, and the other the other men in the group began to cry, just walking in and seeing that sight. And then, you know what? When I got home the following Sunday after I got home, going to my own church and walking in as a hymn is being sung, I began to cry again, just mm. thinking about the church there and the church here and the yep. connection we have, your song, Scattered Strangers. You know, yeah, so. and, 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 and again, you know, sometimes, at least my tendency is always after coming back from a mission, almost a mission trip almost anywhere, Cuba or where, wherever, Vietnam, uh, you have the feeling to all, oh, I'm back to American Christianity, and I sort of confess and ask for forgiveness for being so negative about the American church. But the truth is, you know, as your experience bears out, we come back home, and, and Christ is there living in those in those yeah. congregations yeah. in America as well. We just have different struggles, I think. Well, I bring that up because we'll be talking with our young friend John Mark yes. in just a moment here in the studio. So. Who was with both of us in China, yeah. But before we have that conversation, we need to take a break as we've come to the halfway point in this session here in the studio. Now, I want to remind you to send us your comments and questions to inthestudio at michaelcard.com. We're so encouraged when we hear how God is using this time together to strengthen your faith. And if there is a song you'd like to hear Michael perform here at Molen, then let us know. Again, send your email to inthestudio at michaelcard.com. And through the web, you can stay connected with all that's going on with this broadcast. See all that's available for you at michaelcard.com. Now, if you'd like to listen to this program again, look online for our radio archive and podcast. Another way to stay connected is through the e-devotional. Each week, Michael prepares scripture and thoughts that coincide with the program. Information about this helpful reminder and a complete listing of Michael's music and books can be found online at michaelcard.com. 
And we hope you'll stay with us as we get ready to talk to John Mark about living as an underground Christian in China. And then Larry Warren with a conversation about his work in Africa. After these messages, in the studio with Michael Card. Don't miss next week's In the Studio with Michael Card. We'll start the hour with Michael teaching from a recent Biblical Imagination Conference on the key passage that unlocks the meaning of the Hebrew word hesed. Then we'll hear a portion of the closing concert at the conference. There'll be plenty of music that will amplify the lessons from the in-depth Bible study recorded on location in Stowe, Ohio. Find the current post on our website or subscribe at michaelcard.com. And we are back in the studio with Michael Card. If listeners could hear what happened during the breaks, it might make for more entertaining programs. You know, we need to do, uh, what is it when you have a DVD and they have the cutouts at the end? Yeah, I know, the bloopers. Bloopers, yeah, we need to uh, have a show just of bloopers. I'm looking Somehow at Joe I through the window, so. and Somehow, he's shaking no, his head. No, no, both Joe and I agree that's not a good idea. A little too creative. And if you thought about it, Michael, you'd say it wasn't a good idea, oh, too. As long as there were your bloopers and not mine. <laughs> you know, sometime ago, last year when you went to China, mm-hmm. I mean, you don't know, I was so jealous that you got to take that trip because that's, I mean, I've always wanted to do that. Yeah. And recently I got to do it. So and? I'm no longer jealous. I apologize for that. Uh, gee, but... I can't imagine a person <laughs> like you being jealous. Oh, it was a fabulous experience. So you, yeah, well, you know. What was it like for you? I mean, uh, for me, it was, I, I find see the gospel lived out. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, the experience of meeting secretly with a house church deep somewhere in China. Mm-hmm. I couldn't tell you where if, you know, if I yeah. knew, but yeah, I don't know where I was. <laughs> they're, they're safe because we can't pronounce the name of where we yeah, were anyway. Yeah. But your translator, a young man named John Mark, mm-hmm. and my translator is here in the studio with us right now. Before we talk to him, by the way, Larry Warren is going to join us uh-huh. in just a couple of minutes here in the program. A good So we're going to of... talk about Africa and China. Right. How oh, about that? Good. All in the same half hour. But John Mark, welcome all the way from Hong Kong. Well, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah. Last time we were together, we were uh, shopping for a guitar. Yes, sir. And uh, um, where were we? What city? Where, it's called it uh, in, in Hong Kong. Huh, okay. Uh, the Tom Lee Music Store. Kind okay. of like a chain store in Hong Kong. But tell Michael what you told me. Well, we went during the summer. Yeah. And I went back to Hong Kong in the winter time. Went back to the same store. Mm-hmm. And in the songbook section, there you were, Mike. Ah. Your songbook was right there, and I was very tempted so, to scream out, "That guy was here!" So, did we give a plug while we were there the first time, and then maybe went and bought it and stuck it in there? Maybe. <laughs> I don't. Don't know. Yeah, how I it was got just so there. impressed with you, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Lord works in mysterious ways. Yes, He does. Yes, He does. We want to talk to John Mark about being a follower of Christ in a place like China. Now, I know you live in Hong Kong, and it's different That's, for you, perhaps, there in Hong Kong. And you were born there. Right. Yes, I was. Yeah. Now, Hong Kong is a special administrative region of China, so oh, it's not fan- quite the same, right? Yes. Well, that was well, well you, said. You yes. taught me that. Right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> not SARS, but just SAR. Yeah, uh-huh. right. But it's different in Hong Kong. But what is it like in China for a young person like you to be a believer? Well, to be honest, I've had the privilege to just go on certain university campuses. And, well, before even going into that portion of it, It was a learning experience for me because growing up in Hong Kong, even under British colonial rule, Mm -hmm. we do have considerable amount of freedom in speech, in religion, and I thank the Lord. Mm -hmm. Even to this day, after turnover, Mm. Hong Kong still operates under a a one country, two systems bit, where all those freedoms are at least maintained. And it's world pressure that keeps that intact, right? And that's a big part of that, I do believe. And... So going into China, is a, it is a brand new experience, mm-hmm. and I think the Lord really 
use that to challenge me, to help me to grow. And no, the first thing you do going to the country is a border crossing.、Mm-hmm. And my dad and I usually beforehand have to work out just a story. We're going in as a businessman. My father got his master's degree in business because of that. You can't go into China as a minister, obviously.、Mm-hmm. So we go in as a businessman. I'm his associate, and so you have to be very, very careful. Well, well, absolutely. And you know, let me remind you guys that for a lot of our listeners, it isn't obvious that you can't go into China as a ministry. I mean, that that that's something that American Christians need to become aware of. And now the thing is, we work. There is a church underneath the communist umbrella、right. called the Three South, and that is the government church.、Mm-hmm. Now my my father would say this, you know, he would say it's not really a church; it's really a political institution、mm-hmm. because communism, the communists, not Jesus Christ, is ahead.、Mm-hmm. And there have been many evidence of that, you know, being the case because、mm-hmm. when push comes to shove, communism. Takes precedence over Christ.、Mm-hmm. That's why there's an underground church、yes. paying allegiance only to Christ,、mm-hmm. and it's an amazing, amazing story. Now, when a young person comes to Christ, you and I talked about this,、yep. John Mark. For the family, it becomes an issue because, well, in traditional Chinese society,、uh, and this is for several thousands of years, so、mm-hmm. this is very well ingrained in people's minds. But in America, you have social security after you retire. In China. Your sons and daughters are basically your social security、mm-hmm. policy when you, you know, get to your age where you can't work anymore. So you invest in them when they're young,、and、so that they can make a good living and care for you when you're old. Absolutely.、Mm-hmm. And so, a lot of these university students today, they go to university and somehow, you know, through God's grace, they come to know the Lord. But then they have to make a decision. Now, it's not everybody is called. To full-time ministry,、mm-hmm. obviously, but those that who are, they face a huge dilemma, because ministry in China really, it is, you know, you live like a nomad,、mm-hmm. and if particularly if you serve at a rural house church, it's poor.、Mm-hmm. Now these pastors, first of all, they live by example. They don't engage in, like. Indulgences because they have <laughs> they have to lead they have to with、well, their congregation are poor absolutely、mm-hmm. so they have to in certain to a certain degree be even poor、mm-hmm. for for Christ、mm-hmm. now we we brought over a, a house church pastor to the states we went on tour and he shared his stories which you know, really touched me as much as it touched anyone else、mm-hmm. but one thing he really liked to drink was Coke in fact that was the first. <laughs> English word that he learned. <laughs> Whenever you go to a restaurant, you could say proudly Coke. <laughs> but, but the thing is, he don't drink Coke in China.、As、It is considered、mm-hmm. an indulgence. I mean, can you imagine that? Just wow, what we not, take for granted. Yeah. But so、wow. that's finally. Know, but finally, so, a good reason to stop drinking Coke. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, to but, be to have some unity with the brothers. So when a young person, for instance, is called into full time ministry and they so, their well, that, their it, it future earnings are slim、nothing. to none.、Right. I mean, the the offerings literally come in forms of food, clothing, and shelter.、Mm-hmm. So when when these folks go to church, they may put a chicken in the offering bin, literally.、Mm. Yeah. yeah, and so. That's the situation. That's the circumstances they're faced with, and so when they say they get out of university and they have to start thinking about the future, particularly in a life of servitude, the parents have a big, big problem with that. Right. Well,、right. Jesus said this would happen, right? 
he would come and, and divide divide homes, mm-hmm. and we see that literally happening mm-hmm. in China. Let's talk about music for a few minutes. Uh, Michael, I know you got to sing in China mm-hmm. in one of the house churches. Uh, John Mark, what is the? we hear a lot about the music of the house churches. What is your perspective on that? Honestly, you know, uh, having been in the States for the past 11 years, I can't help but feel a, a sense of this illusionment. Mm-hmm. The state where not just America, I can't say that, but all around the world, at least a modernized world, mm-hmm. as I say it, where, where are we going in terms of worship through mm-hmm. music? Because we have, you know, the most popular, the most popular argument is, oh, traditional or, or contemporary. Yeah. And as a musician, I feel conflicted. I, I, I loved hymns, and I also love contemporary worship. Yet for a long time, I don't allow myself to enjoy contemporary worship. But while, while I kind of, I feel like there's a stigma towards just traditional hymns. Mm-hmm. But then I go to China. And first of all, uh, lots of these house churches, they, they come together and they talk about this, and music is one of them. And they find homegrown songs written by native Chinese house church believers. Yeah. And they kind of program. This is a good, yes. simple, but profound, spiritually sound, biblically-based song yeah. that I think all our believers can learn from. Yeah. So they program it. And so all everywhere I go in China, they sing very similar at least there's a canon of songs that they all know and it's wonderful everywhere I go oh I love can you please sing this for me mm-hmm. and then and just allow me to engage in your worship and they all know it <laughs> well um, John Mark sings and we're going to ask him to sing here in the studio and also us. plays the violin and plays the violin oh, we'll hear that a bit later as we conclude our time together so you've chosen one of these house church hymns mm-hmm. to sing for us now Yes. Here in the studio, but I want you to translate what you're going to sing so we can appreciate it. Well, all if the I more. could just share just a little bit, just a story. Well, first of all, there's a lady by the name of Xiaomi, and uh, she is, ba- you know, it's basically her gift. She has no training, really, hmm. very little education to speak of as it is, but the Holy Spirit just touches her. Hmm. She writes songs when she's engaged in the Holy Spirit or when she just comes across an event that really inspires her. Mm-hmm. She write a song, and at the very end of the song, there's a short devotional just detailing mm-hmm. what transpired her to do it. And um, the, the song that I'm about to share with you is called China Morning 5 a.m. It is, you know, my translation. And uh, I first learned this song on a car ride. Mm-hmm. We arrived in a particular China, Chinese city that I probably shouldn't say. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, and one of the rural, ho- we were going from the city to a rural house church. And the, the car ride took about 40 minutes. And so along the way, it was 14 of us crammed in this little van, and we just sang the whole way. And this is one, it was then, this was one of the songs that I learned. And it, it just really touched me because I know it is China, within the house church tradition. And even seminaries today in China, the house church seminaries, mm-hmm. they get up at 5 in the morning. Wow. And usually first thing they do is they pray. Hmm. Will you be singing for us in Cantonese or Mandarin? In Mandarin. Mandarin. And or... admittedly, you know, for a little <laughs> while I've sang it in Cantonese, but the flavor is not the same. I yeah. want to honor Good. just the authenticity. Tell us in English some of the words Absolutely. to the song. Absolutely. Absolutely. <clears throat> Sounds of prayer came at five on a Chinese morning. May God bring forth peace and revival, bestows victory three in one. Sounds of worship came at five on a Chinese morning. 
May everyone offer the sincere love and serve China unfalteringly.、Mm. Sounds of prayer came at five on a Chinese morning, echoing through the waters and hills that melts the cold, bitter souls. No more bondage in sin, no more battles and wars. May China be blessed and a soul harvest ensured.、Mm. Let's hear how that really should sound now, as John Mark sings it. 中国的早晨五点钟，常来祈祷声，求神带来复兴和平，气象合一的声。中国的早晨五点钟，常来敬拜神，人人都相处真诚的爱，一心一意回中国。中国的早晨五点钟。常来祈祷声，飞越了万水千山，融化冰冷的心灵，再没有困锁，再没有战争。为中国祝福流传了命运，在一个好收成。So serve in China unfalteringly with one heart and one mind. You said that's the yeah. That's I kind of took some liberties in the、yeah. translation, but it's beautiful. It's, yeah, literally one heart with a single train of thought. Yeah, and I have the feeling as you as you read the lyric of, you really do get the 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 feeling of、uh, across this vast country, the morning comes. It's you know it's five a.m. And keep and in mind that China, it's the entire country has only one time zone. Right. So literally, yeah, <laughs> everybody can be praying at five a.m. Yeah. <laughs>、wow. John Mark, thank you. I don't know how often your path will bring you back through Tennessee. Well, it's a pleasure. But when、it's、it does, we want you、here. here in the studio with、yeah. us. You enrich us、uh, with your presence here. Thank you. And thank you. Not only do you sing, you play the violin beautifully as well. <laughs> and that's what we're going to hear—the same song now on the violin as we conclude here. Thank you. Thank you.
5 a.m. Hmm. in China, the sounds of prayer, the sounds of worship, yeah. uh, 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 that massive country waking up uh, uh, sort of under the lordship of uh, Christ. That really captures your imagination, doesn't oh, it? Oh, it's unbelievable. Yeah, so, that's one of the Canaan hymns from yeah. China. We thank uh, John Mark for yeah. the, the music in that hymn. Indeed. All right, we're going to uh, whip around the globe now because our next guest is in Africa. Sort of over and down. Yeah. <laughs> He's in Africa right now, but just before he left, we sat down to record a conversation with him. So Larry Warren of African Leadership. Hope you're having a good time in Africa How right does now. it feel to be in Africa right now? <laughs> you know, it's my favorite place. Yeah. It, it, it really is. I feel like I have two homes. I am an American, but as my children, I have two that were born there, and they're these little blonde-haired, blue-eyed boys that say, I'm African-American, because <laughs> they were born there. <laughs> yeah, it's my second home. Larry, just before you left on that trip, and when uh, we had our first conversation, you began to look at a passage in Second Corinthians that we thought we'd dig a little deeper into here for a few minutes. Well, I think it's so important that we look at uh, what it means to share and to give. Uh, that's uh, such an important part of our spirituality. And in Second Corinthians 8, the passage I read last time says that we should give that there may be equality among the believers. Hmm. That's a pretty shocking statement. Sounds like communism. Yeah. Well, that's the way I read it for a while. And then yeah. as I traveled around the world and saw what things cost, I saw in God's economy, for less than 5% of what we spend on almost anything here, we can meet an equal need for a greater number of people in most of the two-thirds world. Uh, and I, if you're buying medicine, you know, it costs about 5%. Over there, what it does here, you want me to bring you back some medicine, Mike? <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They have Advil over there. They do. Yeah. They do. Uh, you know, or or if you're paying a teacher or a pastor, or you're buy, building a home. Yeah. And so I think if we can get a hold of how it doesn't mean everybody's got to have the same amount of money, but God does want everybody's basic needs to be met equally. Yeah, it's not yeah. equally dollar for dollar, no. but it's equally in terms of provision in that culture. We all want the same thing. We want a decent place to live. We yep. want our kids to go to school. We want medical care. Yep. And if we will give, and I'm going to talk about giving just a minute here because that's part of kingdom yeah. economics. Right, yeah. right. We're blessed to be a blessing. Well, Paul's pretty strong. He says this is one way to prove your love is real. You know, is, exactly. Is, is the gracious ministry, he calls it, of giving. Yeah, and, and John said, uh, you know, he who has the world's goods and sees his brother in need and closes his heart, how can he say the love of God dwells in him? It's mm -hmm. a proof of our love. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, in the passage of sowing and reaping here at the, at the end of a ch chapter 9, 2 Corinthians, it says, Whoever sh sows sparingly will reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will reap generously. But it says each man should give what he's decided in his own heart to give, not under compulsion, mm -hmm. but be a cheerful giver. Yeah. There's joy in the giving we've experienced. And I just want to encourage people that, you know, this, the, these two chapters here, chapter 8 and 9, uh, really give detail of how a gift ought to be given. Mm -hmm. And in, in the passage there, uh, verses 16 to 21, I won't read them all, but it's really uh, Paul saying, Titus, take this gift and take a couple guys with you. Yeah, for accountability. And it says that this gift, verse 20, we want to, admit, we want to avoid any criticism of the way we administer this liberal gift, for we're taking pains to do what's right, not only in the eyes of the Lord, but also in the eyes of men. Mm -hmm. We saw that in China uh, when, when uh, at one point I was working with a ministry there that provided funds, and the accountability where three or four men had to sign off yeah. on every, every yeah. dollar that was given, the accountability level was unbelievable. 
And that's 2 Corinthians 8 giving. And it's really a word to the yeah. church, too. That the churches should lead that. Yeah. It says that there's two brothers in here, and some people think one of them was Apollos, one of them was Luke. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is not just anybody. Yeah. This is the leadership saying, give, it's good for us, and boy, these people really need it. Mm -hmm. And, and, and the, the 2 Corinthians 9 at the end says three things happen when you give to God's work. First, a real need is met. People get something they needed. Mm -hmm. Second, people see your good gifts and they glorify God. Right. Mm. And the third thing it says, they pray for you. Wow. All that is accomplished with a dollar? Well, <laughs> that's right. And the more dollars, the more it's accomplished. Yeah. Well, and, and before it just occurred to me, we talked about how it's not a dollar for dollar thing when you go from one culture to the next. Right. You know, it's not a dollar for dollar thing, just even in terms of the joy of giving. And for one man, it's almost like the widows, the widows might. Mm -hmm. For for somebody, you know, he says a man should decide in his own heart and give according to that. For some guy, you know, a ten dollar gift mm -hmm. is going to bring him so much joy because he's really gi giving out mm -hmm. of his need. Huge sacrifice. Or a million dollar gift for some guys hardly you know hardly feels a pinch and hardly you know experiences the joy of giving. So even that's not dollar for dollar. So it's a whole I new idea of e what equality is. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Good uh, good teaching, Larry. Thank you. We have a couple minutes and I, I want to get a little update on what's going on in Africa. We've talked before about Darfur, what's going on there. What's the latest that you have? Well, unfortunately, the fighting continues. Uh, the the Sudanese government did fortunately agree to allow uh, some UN troops to come in. Mm -hmm. So that's very good news. And uh, but it's taken such a long time. It's it's uh, I think we're I think we're the genocide is ending. That's what I think. Uh -huh. uh, but now the, the so but I would encourage people to continue to write your politicians, let them know we care. Mm -hmm. But second, the, the thing we can do something about is the people in the refugee camps. There are two and a half million people in refugee camps from the war. So if the genocide ended tomorrow, we still got a big problem. huge problem. And a million of those two and a half million are in places that are not served by any international organization. So I want to encourage people to, to, to look and see who's helping. African Leadership is, Samaritan's Purse is, I could go down the list, World Vision, whoever's your favorite charity. Mm -hmm. They're probably involved, and I would say pray and give to meet the needs of the people in Darfur. Mm -hmm. uh, I was there uh, two months ago, and the encouraging part to me was to see the, the Christians in the refugee camps that are reaching out to Muslims. Hmm. Oh, I mean, wow. It, it's such a spiritual thing to see. I mean, because the Muslims have come south to the Christian area uh -huh. to get away from the war. They're persecuted by Muslims, Muslims fighting Muslims. That's what Darfur is. But they, wow. come, they leave Darfur and come to the south, to the Dinka area, but they fought the Dinkas, Christians, for 30 years. Uh -huh. And now these Dinkas are willing to share the water at the well. Oh, wow. And to share their food and to share their faith. Now, that's a story that really needs to be told. That's a story that really needs hmm. to be told. Anything else in Africa that wow. you would want to bring to our attention? This is our chance to, to get some information out there, Larry. Well, you know, the body of Christ is growing, and, and there is a revival going on mm -hmm. that, that uh, you know, that's the population center of our faith. There are more Christians yep. between the equator and Cape Town than any other geographical place in the world. Mm. And so, but there's a battle out there, and it's not just against Islam. Islam is a force, but there are other forces I would imagine that one of the forces to be battled is the whole idea of Western influence. Well, it is. And yeah. all the bad things that come with that. Huh? Yeah, I mean, they think we're a Christian country. How about that? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, they think what they see on TV is Christianity. Wow. And so to get the real gospel out there, that's why Jesus said, go and make disciples, teaching them to observe all that I commanded. 
not to make converts, to make disciples. Yeah. And that's the that's the challenge in Africa as we work and pray together is to really make disciples that understand the Christian culture. Larry, thank you. Um, again, as we again. have this conversation, you are in Kenya right now. So, Michael, we should be asking listeners to pray for Larry and his family continually. Yeah. And when you get back, Larry, we want another update. We want to see your face again and let us know what's happening in your life and over there. I look forward to it. God bless you. We do as well. And we've come to the end of our time together this week here in the studio with Michael Card. If you have a reaction to what's been presented today, then please get in touch with us. Send your comments as well as your prayer requests and Bible questions to studio at michaelcard.com. Through the web, you can stay connected with all that's going on with this broadcast and find our podcast when you explore michaelcard.com. This program is part of the RBC family of ministries, and we want to point out that RBC has developed many study tools that will enrich your understanding of God's Word. One known by millions around the world is the daily devotional, Our Daily Bread. We hope you'll check out this great resource through the link to rbc at michaelcard.com. Our producer is Joe Carlson. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Thanks for being with us in the studio with Michael Card. In the Studio with Michael Card is produced in cooperation with RBC Ministries and the Moody Broadcasting Network.